Hi, I'm Heather Knight, and this is the Surviving to Thriving podcast. One in four women will experience severe physical violence by an intimate partner in their lifetime. We're going to discuss the taboo topic of domestic violence and the tools our thrivers have used to succeed in life. We want you to know that you are not alone in this fight. Please keep listening if you or anyone you know has been impacted by domestic violence. Before we get into today's episode, I would like to thank our sponsor, night protection services for making this podcast possible and all the support they provide our cause so a lot of our listeners are maybe they're not looking at you know a career change or anything like that but they are going through a massive change in their life so what is maybe one or two actionable steps that they can take to start to uncover that ability to make that change in their life or, you know, find their strengths or their, you know, whatever they are good at to start kind of moving on from that past relationship. I find that when you're in transition, it's really hard to really get a critical view of yourself and what you're good at especially because in those circumstances, oftentimes our confidence is kind of in the toilet. I remember when I was being abused in, a, in my job, my boss was so mean to me. I spent two and a half years in that environment and my confidence was just so low. By the time I finally left it, I thought, I don't even know what I'm good at. I don't even know what I can do. Why would anyone pay me to do something? Because I'm not good at anything. I mean, it was really bad. You know what I did is I reached out to three people. I would call them mentors, but they were just three people that I respected and had some admiration for that knew me, but not necessarily well. I wasn't going to ask my best friend or my husband or my sibling. I asked three people that knew me professionally from my experiences living here in Montana. And I asked them what they thought I was good at. And I told them right up front, I said, I'm struggling to figure out what I do next. I'm looking for what I'm good at so that I can go that direction in my life, not just career, but in my life. What can I focus on? And in this case, like the first guy that I talked to was so insightful. I I thought, how did you even know this about me? Because we'd only talked a handful of times, but he knew my reputation when I worked for the university system. And he said, whatever you do next, Sarah, make sure the words special projects are somewhere in the title or the job description. And that's because he knew that I am not a maintenance person and that I'm really good at getting these projects organized and started. I'm really good with the details when I'm creating something. But once it gets into maintenance mode, details are out. I'm terrible. So, and he knew that innately. So that was the first person. And a second person said, you know, you are really good at facilitating. When we're in a conversation and you're trying to come to a conclusion and help people come to a conclusion, you're really good at facilitating a conversation to hear the voices and help them understand where compromise can be found. So if I was going to give advice to people in transition right now and trying to figure out what they're good at, I would suggest you find three people that you can ask, what's the magic that I bring? 
And then the next thing is, if you can, there are lots of assessments out there that are very accurate to help you uncover some of your patterns. The book helps you uncover patterns, but if you have some foundation before you even read the book, I would say check out the Enneagram, E-N-N-E-A-G-R-A-M. See if you can get some insights about where your problems might be coming from, where you might be getting in your own way. The Strengths Finder assessment is really not very expensive. I think it's to do the top five, to find out your top five strengths, it's like 20 bucks. To, full, to get the full report, it's 49. Totally worth it. Unfortunately, with any assessment, if you don't have somebody to talk to about it, you're not going to get the most out of it. That's what I realized as a coach was I had taken the strengths assessment and I thought, oh, that's useful, but didn't really apply it in any way until I myself hired a coach to walk me through the results. But if you have the, the results from one of those assessments and you can send the report to a friend, somebody who knows you well, but not too well, they can also help you see where those things are showing up. If, uh, for instance, I, when I took the StrengthsFinder assessment the first time and I saw strategic as my number one strength, I couldn't believe it. I thought, no way, I'm not strategic. So I took the paragraph, the first paragraph of the report without the word on top, just the, the text, the paragraph, sent it to my sister and my husband and said, do you think this is accurate for me? Does this really define me or describe me? And both of them were like, oh, yeah, absolutely. This is totally you. And I had to dig a little deeper. I had to ask them to tell me a story of something I did that that showed up. Can you be more specific? When did that show up? So if you can do those two things and really reflect on finding out what you're good at and also where some of those strengths might be getting in your own way, like if you're empathetic, if you have empathy in your top strengths, you know where that's getting in your own way. You are reading into people's emotions too much or you're not setting boundaries, you're taking on their emotions when you need to be able to think more strategically. You can really see patterns when you do those two things. And patterns, I think, are the key to shifting your life and making a transition or transformation successful. Definitely. It's interesting. I um, did a another podcast interview this morning and that was the number one thing that he talked about was patterns and learning to look for them and then realizing that if there's a bad pattern there, that's your cue to get out or to leave or to do something different. So it's very mm-hmm. interesting that in the same three hour period, two people have you know brought up patterns. Oh, yeah. I don't believe in coincidence. So there's a reason your listeners need to hear this twice because, you know, you have to hear a message multiple times before it sinks in. Yes, definitely. So wrapping up, is there anything that we didn't hit on that you think is just really important for our viewers to know or to remember when going through life? Yes. I would encourage you that while you're being self-reflective, which is really important, that you're listening to the internal messages that are coming out and paying attention to them, and also know that 
when those things happened to you or in your life, especially as a, a younger person, child, young adult, those things that happened in your life weren't about you. The people that were in your life that did things that were wrong or that did things that hurt you, it wasn't about you. And when you uncover those stories and can look at the details and really put yourself back to be a fly on the wall, watching the interaction that you are holding on to and understand the context of it. First of all, that whatever that person was doing, it was projected on you and it wasn't about you at all. And second of all, that you can move forward through it knowing the context of the story. That is, you know, really powerful. And I think that it's very, um, it's something that's needed and something that, you know, somebody definitely needs to hear because I think we forget that. Mm-hmm. It's easy to make it about us. Yes. <laughs> you know, we're, we're self-absorbed humans. It's what we do. But when we can understand the perspective of the other person, and I don't mean you don't necessarily have to have compassion for that person that did something or said something that really hurt you. But if you understand why they did that to a certain extent, I mean, you can never really understand it. But if like, for instance, one of the stories in my book is about a girl in seventh grade that was my best friend who told me I wasn't very pretty. And I held on to this. I'm not pretty for the longest time. And in the eighties being pretty was like the ultimate goal, right? It was pretty in pink and 16 candles and the breakfast club and everything was a a Cinderella story where you're in rags. And then all of a sudden you take off your glasses and put on contacts and you're some gorgeous princess. Right. So that's where I was. That's where I grew up was in that kind of messaging. So for my best friend in seventh grade to tell me I was ugly or not very pretty, she couldn't understand why a boy might be looking at me really hurt me. And I held on to it for many years. But now, now, and if you read the book, you'll, you'll see this story. I look back and I think, oh, that poor kid. Like all of a sudden I have compassion for her. So I'm tiny. When I was in middle school, I was probably four foot eight or something. Graduated from high school, just under five feet tall. And graduated from college, just over five feet tall. And maybe a hundred pounds soaking wet when I was in high school and college because I wasn't eating well because I was stressed or I didn't have money. And this girl in seventh grade was probably five, eight taller than any of the other boys, super skinny. The boys called her spider because her legs were so long and skinny. She had braces. She had glasses. I can imagine that she was so self-conscious And as she's standing next to this tiny little wisp of a girl, feeling envy. And of course, I envied her at the time. I would have loved to have been a little taller so people wouldn't take advantage of me or think I was a toy. People picked me up without asking all the time because I was so little. So while I looked at her and went, oh, I, I wish I was taller, she was looking at me and thinking, I wish I was smaller. And now I can look back and see that poor kid that was simply projecting her self-consciousness and discomfort in her body onto me. And it it changed everything for me when I thought about it in that context. Like, well, I kind of feel for her. And 
in most cases, if you were bullied as a kid, that bully was being bullied at home and likely never got out of that. Definitely. I, I definitely agree with that. And, and it's, it's sad that, you know, we can't really realize any of that stuff until it's, you know, too late. You can't go back to that seventh grader and, you know, let them know that it's okay. And, you know, everything will be good and, you know, it'll all work out, but you know, it's, it's life. That's how, how it works. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think that if we can continue to have those open conversations and especially with our kids starting at young ages, we might be able to start to shift that. It's the word I'm looking for. Mentality, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Or shift the mentality of I have to, I can't express how I'm feeling. I just have to kind of word vomit in a sense on other people. Yeah. I agree. It would be wonderful if we had these conversations with seventh graders. I don't think it's a parent that can do it though. I think it has to be peers or maybe parents, friends, somebody that you as a seventh grader can respect and admire that can talk to you and say, this isn't about you. That girl is mean because of this. Um, it's likely this is going on in her life. And as much as that doesn't help in the context of being bullied, it does put things in perspective so that it, it doesn't hurt you in the same way that it does if you don't have that perspective. Yes, definitely. I definitely think that that is very true. So wrapping up, we've got a few questions that we ask every guest that comes on the show. And the first one is, what are your goals for the next year? Let's see. Uh, one of my goals for the next year is to really promote my book to the point where the audience that needs to see it and needs to work through those stories and the story portfolios, get them. I've been giving away a lot of copies. My ultimate goal is to work with more teams to help people like their jobs again. I worked in the public sector and state government and federal government and local government for years. And I know that I can help people like their jobs again if I can just work with these teams and improve their communication. So that's kind of my, my two ultimate goals for this year. I love it. And coming from local government, it is much needed, <laughs> much needed in, in that realm of, of people. <laughs> um, yeah. So awesome. And then um, what would the new you say to the old you? I'd have to go all the way back to seventh grade because I'm really I'm not a new person. I think I've been the same for many years. Although I can tell you, no, actually, let me, I'm going to take that back because my 40s were really transformative. 30s were wonderful. 40s I see as truly transformative. And if I were to go back to my 38 year old self, I would say stop worrying about how other people's behavior and things reflect on you. Stop worrying about those things and just do, do what feels right. Don't be shy. Don't live with regrets. I absolutely love it. I think that is perfect. You know, earlier we had that conversation of not having regrets in life. 
So I think that that is truly awesome that you have been able to reflect enough to, to see that portion of it. What is something that you could recommend to our listeners to kind of get them through a struggle or a tough time, maybe just some kind of coping mechanism? I would suggest that wherever possible, spend time outdoors. I know it it seems kind of counterintuitive, but we all know that sitting in one place and not changing your environment is going to create the same problems or exacerbate the problems that you have. If you want change, if you want transformation, you have to start by changing your own environment because that opens your brain to new possibilities. And wherever you can do that in a natural environment, whether it's at a, a natural park or um, even just wandering through your, your own neighborhood, get out of the house and get out of your head. It's a mindfulness practice to get out into nature and just sit under a tree and just be. Let your thoughts go. I don't mean clear your head. I mean, just let the thoughts run through it and then let them go and be okay with that. But I, I cannot stress enough how important it is to spend time in the natural world under trees and in the grasses and on the mountain and by a stream, moving water. That's transformative and do it as much as you possibly can when you're in this transition phase. I love it. I think that is very important to remember, especially like you said, going through this transformative stage, connecting with nature is just amazing and it can do such wonderful things. And, you know, that's one of the things that um, even during COVID people talked about, go take a walk, (laughs) do something, get out of the house and just be present with yourself. I love it. So other than your own, uh, what is a book or podcast or ebook that you recommend to listeners to get them through um, a tough time in their life? Uh, You know, I'm going to recommend two different things, two different books. Um, I, I loved Chris Spurvey's It's Time to Sell. And you can get it on Amazon. It's Time to Sell. It's it's designed to help salespeople rethink what they do in being more in alignment with who they are. But I found that book to really help me pinpoint what I love to do and what I'm particularly good at. I just found that book to be really useful. It's time to sell. And Brave Leadership by uh, Kimberly Davis is also a really good one. But if you are the kind of person that can have two books going at the same time and you buy one of those, listen to fantasy. I love to listen to like the Inkheart trilogy, which is designed for kids. But losing yourself in one of those fantasy books, I like the young adult novel series, um, Leviathan, uh, Inkheart, Peter and the Star Catchers. I really believe that there are times when distraction is the key to getting through the really tough times. So if you want to grow and be self-reflective, it's time to sell or brave leadership. And when it's time for distraction, Peter and the Star Catchers, Inkheart, 
Leviathan, something that allows you to live somewhere else for a little while outside of your head. I love, I have forgotten about Inkheart. I read that book in middle school and that trilogy is just awesome. Oh my gosh, you're bringing back memories. <laughs> that is such a good book. I have not thought about that book in forever. I think it's, I actually think I still have it somewhere. Oh, brilliant, well, awesome. brilliant books. Yes. Mm-hmm. So where, um, what's the name of your book and where can people find the book and then where can people find more about you or connect with you? Sure. If you're looking for coaching either as an individual or a team, I'm actually offering a course starting July 8th. I may postpone the beginning of it because I've had a few people say they can't start that early. And go to Elkins, E-L-K-I-N-S, consulting.com, elkinsconsulting.com. There's even a page there for my book and my public speaking that I do, which have translated very well to the virtual world, thank goodness. And you can find my book. I'm encouraging people to go to bookshop.org to order my book if you're going to get the paperback because it supports independent booksellers. And as much as we are all dependent on Amazon, wherever I can, I'm sending people to bookshop.org. The book is called Your Stories Don't Define You, How You Tell Them Will. I love it. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on the show today. I had a blast talking with you, and I think you brought a ton of value. Thank you. Thanks so much for inviting me, Heather. If you or anyone you know has been victimized by domestic violence, please reach out to us for resources and ways our organization can help you. You can find us on social media at 2thrivingatl, T-O, thriving, A-T-L, or online at 2thriving.org.